Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 54 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I hope this episode finds you doing well, and I thank you for giving me a little of your precious time. Today, we're revisiting the theme of food-related phrases, because there's still so many tasty phrases out there to explore. If you want bonus stuff, check out my Patreon page. There's a link in the show notes. Now, let's feast on today's phrases origins, history, and more. First up is the saying, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, sometimes just said as you catch more flies with honey. This proverb means that it's easier to get something by being sweet rather than sour, or by being nice instead of mean. The idea behind it is pretty straightforward. Flies are generally more attracted to sweet things than sour things, so the saying is just an idiomatic representation of that. Something you desire is represented by the flies, and the honey and vinegar are representative of the ways to get it or not get it, respectively. People have been using this one since at least prior to 1666, because we find it that year in a book of Proverbs. It was called a commonplace of Italian proverbs and proverbial phrases, written by Giovanni Torriano, who we heard from back in episode 12. Although this gives us an idea for when the phrase was firmly in the vernacular, it does leave some uncertainty as to who may actually have coined the phrase and when. Several sources seem to indicate it was in use in various languages by the 16th century, but none stated specifics. While I can't tell you the exact origin, I can tell you when it made its way to the United States. Good old Benjamin Franklin put it in his Poor Richard's Almanac in 1744 as, quote, Tart words make no friends. A spoonful of honey will catch more flies than a gallon of vinegar. End quote. It grew in popularity from then, and I doubt it'll fade from use anytime soon. Now, let's spill the beans. To spill the beans means you tell a secret you were supposed to keep. This one is thought to have come from way back in old-timey times. Ancient Greece, to be exact. Back then, instead of ballots, voting was done using the candidates' helmets. They'd place their helmets upside down on a table or other flat surface, and the voters would take turns placing a bean in the helmet of the candidate they wanted to vote for. Once all of the votes were in, the beans were counted, and the candidate with the most beans in their helmet was proclaimed to be the winner. The winner was given back his helmet full of beans, which he'd pour out before placing the helmet back on his head. The spilled beans were the way that they showed the results of the secret votes. Ergo, spilling the literal beans revealed a secret. Now, some people don't think that this is the true origin of the phrase because we don't see it in print until the early 20th century. However, stories and legends get passed down for years and years before being written down, if they ever are at all, 
So my personal belief is that even if there is a long time that passes between a literal practice and an idiomatic phrase, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not connected. Anyway, personal opinions aside, the word spill has been used to mean divulge since at least the late 16th century, which, while still being a long time after ancient Greece, it does help bridge the gap between then and the 20th century. As far as the first use in print I hinted at, it came about in a June 1908 edition of the Stevens Point Journal, a Wisconsin newspaper. It read, quote, Tawny, when he came to Congress, wasn't welcomed within the big tent. He had to wait around on the outside. Then the blacksmith, Jim Tawny, got busy. He just walked off the reservation, taking enough insurgent Republicans with him to spill the beans for the Big Five. End quote. So whether this idiom got its start in ancient Greece or in 20th century America, it definitely seems to be well-connected to politics. Let's move on now and take some candy from a baby. If something is like taking candy from a baby, then it's extremely easy. Well, most of the time. It can also be used to say that something is disreputable, which makes sense because stealing anything from a baby is not really a reputable thing to do. And much like babies, this saying is rather young, in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't seem to appear before the year 1900 in a collection of short stories about gambling called Taking Chances. It was written by author Clarence Lewis Cullen, and he wrote, quote, Now this looked like a pretty good thing to the groceryman. It looked like taking candy from a baby. End quote. That has both the easy and disreputable connotation to it, so it's easy to see why that's considered to be the potential beginning for the phrase. But I'll tell you what, whether Cullen came up with it or just wrote it down first, I think he got it all wrong. Something tells me he wasn't around kids much, because taking candy from babies is really not all that easy to do. And with that, let's slice up some bread. The idiom, the greatest thing since sliced bread, is one that I've been wanting to do for a while. I mean, sliced bread is great, don't get me wrong, but how did this humble food item rise up to become the scale of how great things are? And yes, that terrible pun was completely intended. Moving on, this is another fairly new saying, because sliced bread itself has only been around since the early 20th century. Well, Pre-sliced bread, that is. I'm pretty sure at least one person had sliced up a loaf before then. In fact, mechanical bread slicers were around by at least 1860, but they didn't make pre-sliced bread available to the general public in mass. But slicing a whole loaf at once? That was a game-changer, and that came about in 1928, thanks to a man named Otto Frederick Rowetter, who, if I had to guess, was a big fan of sandwiches. Anyway, his newfangled time-saving technique was advertised as the, quote, greatest forward step in the baking industry since bread was wrapped, end quote. This led to the saying we have today, which was first recorded in 1952, when the brilliant comedian Red Skelton said in an interview, quote, don't worry about television. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread, end quote. So now we know the when, but what about the why? 
It's all about convenience, toppers. I guess slicing bread took up an awful lot of time back in old-timey times, and the plethora of extra minutes people had once they could buy pre-sliced bread made it seem pretty darn great. Being able to buy pre-sliced bread gave them consistency, reliability, and saved them some time. And really, who doesn't want that in a product? No one seems to know what the greatest thing was before sliced bread, but the leap in technology secured this sandwich staple's spot in history. And that's why we still compare things to it today. And now, toppers, it's time for today's metaphorical moment. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. That's just a metaphor. Today's metaphor is chopped liver. If someone feels slighted, left out, or forgotten, they might say, what am I, chopped liver? Let's first figure out what actual chopped liver is, then we'll move to the metaphorical version. Chopped liver is, well, liver that's been chopped. Traditionally, it's a Jewish dish, and in its most basic form, it's comprised of chicken livers that have been cooked, seasoned, and chopped up. Sometimes other items are added, but regardless, it's most often served as a side dish or appetizer, not as the main course. So it's not served prominently, and could therefore be seen as less important than the rest of the food. This literal unimportance is where we get the metaphorical unimportance. It's thought to have become a saying sometime in the 1930s, so this is another saying that could be considered newer than most. As far as being written down metaphorically, the first believed usage comes from 1949 in a book called The Curtain Never Falls. It was written by American comedian Joey Adams, and he included this line, quote, You've been nice enough, but what am I, chopped liver or something? End quote. That's all I got for this one. It's pretty new and fairly straightforward. So let's move on to today's familiar quotation. Toppers, today's familiar quotation is from Julia Child. Here's what she had to say about how to throw a proper party. Quote, a party without cake is just a meeting. End quote. Julia, I couldn't agree more. Thank you for giving us today's familiar quotation. Okay, toppers, now it's time for today's For Better or For Words, love advice from old-timey times. Let's hear from the ladies first. Don't think that there is any satisfactory substitute for love between husband and wife. Respect and esteem make a good foundation, but they won't do alone. And for the men, don't drop cigarette ash all over the drawing room carpet. Some people will tell you that it improves the colors, but your wife won't care to try that recipe. All right, toppers, that's gonna do it for episode 54. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, 
turnofphrases.com to find out information about the show's social media, how to send me topic suggestions, how to support the podcast, and for details about the music I use in the show. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, just know that I think y'all are the greatest listeners since sliced bread. Toodaloo! And now... This is... Let me rephrase. The spilled beans were the way of the result... I don't, I don't even know what I just said. It can also be used to mean something is disrepute... <laughs> it can also be used to mean something is disreputable. Reputable. Disreputable. I know how to say that word. What, what's my problem? Anyway, his newfangled... Oh, that's not the right word. As the quote, greatest step forward. Nope. This new bread, this new. Mm, as far as being written down metaphorically, the first belief. Quote. She didn't, she didn't burp. That's not the quote.